it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to another episode of Taking Your Mind Off It. Hey, Stacy. Hey, Alicia. Welcome to Trashy Divorces. Thanks for coming back this week and spending your time with us. Or hey, big welcome if you're tuning in this week for the first time. It is time for some trash candy. We are wrapping up the end of season seven. Listeners suggested season seven divorces and season seven was so trashy. Doing it all again for season eight. Keep your divorce suggestions coming to trashydivorces at gmail.com. Or on any of our social threads, mm-hmm. which is trashy divorces pretty much everywhere. Yep. So you have a a kiss from an English rose this week. I do. Making a play on the kiss from a rose theme, which pertains a little bit more to your trashy divorce this week. I have the last of the current line of Windsor Mountbatten children, Princess Anne, Princess Royal, as she is known, and her trashy divorce from Captain Mark Phillips back in the day. There's a lot of horses. Lots of horses. More more horses than other royal divorces. I don't know if, if it has as much trash quite as her brothers, but I'll I, let y'all decide. I don't think we rhymed horses and divorces in your story. That's too bad. We really missed an opportunity. A lot of missed opportunities, <laughs> turns out. This week, the couple that had it all go wrong, it they really, really are charmers. Yeah, Heidi Klum and Seal, I, I don't really know what happened. But it happened, and there were some things said afterwards that are very funny, so. Hey, what did we do on Patreon this week? <laughs> Trash astrology. We had two oh, yeah. retrograde episodes. We talked about Mars retrograde. We did, and then my favorite planet, Uranus. Uranus retrograde as well. I did a Dirty Digs on Studio 54, and ooh. <laughs> the cursed Picasso I talked about, Le Rev. La yeah. revenge, I think you mean. The billionaire smasher. But they so bounce back. Good. Billionaires are really very tough. <laughs> Before we begin the episode, <laughs> let's take out our magic mirror and give some huge love and thanks to our new patrons this week who got to hear those episodes and like 400 more. Start us out. Thank you to Michelle, Claire H, Stephanie R, Christy L. I'm going to give a big shout out to a mystery patron who is a queen. Thank you. Thank you. Alex K and Kayla C as well. Thanks, y'all. You're the best. Shall we get this rose into bloom? Let's go, go, go. So, Alicia, you're just unable... To stop talking about the royal family of England. This is the last of the Mount <laughs> Windsor Mountbatten children, the Queen's children, to have been divorced. This is the last one. Okay. Seem like the time to do it. Get out your tea and crumpets. I don't know. Saddle your horses. There's a lot going on in this one. It's time for the trashy divorce of Princess Anne and Captain Mark Phillips. Okay. This one's royal. And it contains multitudes of pony boys and pony ladies and a sibling controversy and a whole on-the-hook quadrangle. Oh, there's a love child. Oh. 
there's stolen love letters. Wow. And horses. Like so So this is a very equestrian story. Many horses. And as trashy goes, it is not the trashiest of the Windsor Mountbatten children. Charles and Andrew have a saddle up uh-huh. on Anne in that one. Andrew in particular. And Anne is not as trashy as her Aunt Margaret with the sex, the sex island. island. Right. So remember that. But we're rounding out season seven. Princess Anne. Princess Royal is the second daughter of Queen Elizabeth II and <clears throat> Prince Philip. She's a Leo gal, like her Aunt Margaret. Anne is born August 15th, 1950 at Clarence House. She's not born in Buckingham Palace because her mom is not yet queen. Okay. Anne is born before the queendom happens. It's going to take like another two, three years for that to happen. But Anne does have an older brother, Charles. He was very different than Anne. Charles is a sensitive sort of bloke. And Anne is not a sensitive (laughs) sort of bloke. She is rough and tumble. She likes animals. She's in the Girl Guides. She's a tomboy. She is also second in line to the throne at this point. But her ranking is going to fall down the royal rabbit hole when her brothers Edward and Andrew come along. Anna's 10 when Andrew is born. I was going to say, I I felt like it was a two sets kind of thing. Very much. Very much two sets of siblings. And Andrew is admittedly Queen Elizabeth's favorite. Anne, on the other hand, holds the middle of her father's heart. (laughs) Prince Philip will say if it does not fart or eat hay, Anne is not interested. (laughs) The Princess Royal is the first princess to break tradition and go to boarding school, which she loves the freedom and camaraderie of it all, but not so much the school part. Just isn't where her interest is. Her interest is in horses. Okay. It has always been in horses. It will always be. In horses. Okay. And horses are what will bring her to meet her first and future husband, Captain Mark Phillips. He's a September 22 baby. So he's on that Virgo Libra cusp, the cusp of beauty. Mm. Mark is a commoner, but his like, family's kind of fancy. He goes to military school. Anna's going to meet Mark at the 1968 Olympics. Where else? Around the horses. And he's dashing and handsome and an excellent equestrian and all that's groovy. And Anne, at this point, is not attending university. She will begin at 18 working for the family. And most of her dating life is kind of undercover. Because she's out doing royal engagements and begins to get this reputation in the press as a princess sourpuss. There is a disastrous (laughs) visit to the Nixon White House in 1970, which, come on, like, Anne doesn't suffer fools. You don't mess around with Jim. You don't mess around with Anne. She's tough. And I can't imagine Anne is too happy going to the 1970 Nixon White House anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anne's brother, Charles, the prince, is not particularly impressed with Mark Phillips. His nickname for Mark is Fog. Because he thinks Mark Phillips is thick and wet. Oh, God. Which is not very nice in 1970, but maybe history is going to prove Charles right on this one. I'll let you decide. Because there's this on-the-hook sibling controversy game that is happening with Charles and Anne. So hang on to your hat or your socks or your headset. Whatever we hang on to. Okay. In addition to Mark, Anne is also seeing Andrew Parker Bowles on the side. 
Like, really on the side. Wow. And Andrew Parker Bowles is also dating Camilla Shand. Uh-huh. And Camilla Shand is also, also. dating Charles. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Charles has Camilla on the hook. Camilla has Andrew on the hook. Andrew has Anne on the hook. Anne has Mark Phillips on the hook. Yikes. Whoa. Man, weekends at English country homes just must be something messy. Messy. And it goes on for years, right? There's this weird romantic quadrangle. Like from 1978 to 1973, when Charles finally... What years? 1968 to 1973. Thank you. Charles finally makes up his mind that it is Camilla who is the one, and the palace deems Camilla entirely unsuitable. unsuitable. Mm -hmm. So the palace will then, under the guise of the military, send Charles across the world on all of his military duties, which will effectively leave Camilla brokenhearted, Andrew Parker Bowles on her string, and cannot marry Andrew Parker Bowles, I think because he's Catholic, if I'm remembering that correctly, but Andrew Parker Bowles is deemed entirely unsuitable for Anne. Okay. So on July 4th, 1973, Camilla and Andrew Parker Bowles get married. Yeah. Okay. Now, maybe the announcement from the palace in May about the engagement of Princess Anne to her pony boy, Mark Phillips, may, right have precipitated the wedding, but I think that July 4th wedding of Camilla and Andrew prompts the engagement of Anne and Mark Phillips. He's dashing. He's good looking. He must be good in the sack. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Both Anne and Charles are going to end up brokenhearted in this and not with the one they really want. Okay. So Anne and Mark marry November, 1973, six months less than after Camilla and Andrew, there's a huge wedding. It's watched by 500 million people around the world. 50,000 people line the streets in the wedding gown. Whoa. I swear George Lucas was home that day to watch the wedding because if you cannot see the absolute through line between Princess Leia's gown and Princess Anne's wedding dress. Interesting. Whoa. It's amazing. Anne and Mark get married. (laughs) Couples off to the races. Well, except for the attempted kidnapping, which shakes things up the year after their wedding. This is 1974. Anne is the target, and an assailant at gunpoint will come into the car and say, you're coming with me, and she says, not bloody likely. You don't mess around with Anne. Wow. Like, and even Prince Philip was like, God help the person who kidnapped Anne. (laughs) Like, you definitely (laughs) do not want to do that. Anne doesn't suffer fools at all. So, in this attempted kidnapping assassination thing there's a street scuffle where all these pedestrians come to the rescue it is amazing and there's this one brave brit who'll get a medal for his heroics and Anne, no fuss no muss goes to work the next day oh my god okay well she is duty bound she's the hardest working member of the royal family i wanted to go into this story not liking Anne at all and While certainly she does have her problematic bits, you cannot say that she does not understand duty or loyalty or the value of hard work. She's kind of a badass. Okay. So Anna's going to have two kids in the next few years. Anne's still working. Literally the hardest working royal of them all. It's just her duty and she does it. Anne will also found and work on like 300 charities 
for veterans, for Save the Children, for equestrian resources. Like, she's kind of an unsung hero in this chain of royals that get a bunch of press for their antics, but not necessarily for their good deeds and works. Anyway, things are going fine in the marriage to kids and horses and duty. And just like with Mark Phillips about their kids, when Anne married Mark, the queen's like, okay, what courtesy title do you want upon your marriage? Mark and Mark's like, nah, I I don't need that. I'm cool. So when Mark and Anne's kids are born, they have no titles either. Hmm. And Anne and her children even stand up for this today. They're like, we had a, a normal of a life as we could have because we didn't have those titles. Interesting. Kind of neat. Yeah. And are they, by the time they came around, I mean, they were not in line for for the throne in any capacity, right? Well, Anne right now is 19th. Okay. So she has slid down with yeah. her brothers <laughs> and, and all their, their son, kids. Yeah. So I think Anne looked at it like it's relatively unlikely that my right. kids are like, it's just not needed. In case Let of, them be normal. Yeah, in case of emergency, they can be made whatever they need to be. But <laughs> Yeah, but let them have a normal childhood without... Mm-hmm. Like, there's already going to be enough pomp and circumstance. Let's go play with horsies, kids. Well, and that's what our kids do. The whole family <laughs> is in fucking horses. I mean, not fucking horses, but... Sure. So many horses. Okay. So between <laughs> royal duties and horses, Anne has a lot going on. She will compete in the 1976 Montreal Olympics. Wow. This is where she falls and gets right back up on the horse. No fuss, no muss, man. Fall down seven, stand up eight. Huh. In addition to this, Anne is doing hundreds of royal engagements a year. She works 180 days out of the year, being royal, back-to-back engagements, and she takes it really, really seriously. Well, I mean, her life's duty is horses and royal duties, which goes fine enough until we get to the mid-80s. And rumors that the marriage between Anne and Mark had been swirling for a while, but there are two things that really cement in its demise. Number one, Mark is carrying on with someone else, at least by 1984-85, because there is a love child born in 1985, which isn't that far out of line as the royal family goes, but maybe for a married-in royal, not a good look. There are a lot of disputes about this and eventually DNA tests, which occur, but the DNA tests don't happen until 1991, which is after the next scandal, but the next scandal actually postdates the love child scandal. See what I mean? So there's a little bit of a time lapse. We don't find out that he is the father of the love child until after Anne's scandal. Uh, It's all very scandalous. Okay. (laughs) Do tell. The heart and soul of our little podcast. People mention Mark Phillips' scandal way less than Anne's. So here's what happens with Anne. Let's go to a day in Buckingham Palace when the love letters that are in Anne's briefcase from the Queen's equerry, the Queen's literal pony boy, Timothy Lawrence. God. And Anne are in love. And he and Anne have been in love for a long time. Timothy Lawrence, Pisces boy, he's fallen head over heels in love with Anne. And it's not too hard to guess why Anne might be head over heels in love with him too after the love child and well, Tim's a pony boy. It is said that uh, 
you should really find someone who looks at you the way Timothy looks at Anne. It, it is He is smitten. He adores her. Anne will carry their love letters in her briefcase, and it's all very hush-hush. And her husband's fucking around, and Anne's like, I guess what's good for the goose is good for the gander until those love letters are stolen out of her briefcase in the inner sanctum of Buckingham Palace. Scotland Yard is going to call in its serious crime squad to investigate. I, I love the I name. Love the, yeah. Serious <clears throat> crime squad. I love it. <laughs> the vaguely concerning crime squad was unavailable that day. But not that big a deal a crime squad. Okay. So the serious crime squad comes in. They take loads of fingerprints and interview hundreds of staff, right? The thief is never found. But four of these letters are printed, and now her affair is out in the open in 1989. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a few years to roll through the separation and divorce. But Anne and Mark are divorced in April of 1992. If you remember, back fondly, or not as fondly as the Queen will, on 1992, it is her Ennis Horribilis. It is her horrible year. Out of her three kids. Right. Two separate that year, Charles and Andrew, and Anna's divorced that year. But Anne's divorce happens in April. And Mark isn't grubby in the settlement. He walks with like three million. And there's no title to negotiate over. Right. So kind of one and done. So yay, Anne's free. She will go on to marry her pony boy, Timothy Lawrence, in December of that same year, six months later, which isn't so horribilis for her. It'll happen in a small church at Balmoral. There are like 30 guests. It's easy and breezy. She's surrounded in love with the man she loves and her kids. And for real, Anna Timothy Lawrence, happy as two clams since then. They found their people. Sure. They love horses. <laughs> I, it is. I think that's simple. They're horsey people. They're horse people. Mark Phillips, on the other hand, goes on quite a wild ride. He will marry wife number two, Sandy Fluger, in 1997. She's a horse lady, too. And that goes fine enough for a while until Mark, in like 2007, starts stepping out with another pony lady named Lauren Huff. Fun fact, Lauren is six months older than Mark's oldest child, coming in at Mark's junior of 28 mm. years. So... Mark and Lauren, like, keep up this secret for a while. They both line up jobs coaching the Olympic team. Mark and Sandy, wife number two, will divorce in 2012. And Mark, currently today, still with Lauren, who's a jumper. Like, she competes for big money. I've learned a lot about horses this week. They're jumpers, they're hunters, and then there's polo horses and racing horses. It's all... There are a lot of different horses that do a lot of different things. Lauren is a jumper. Mark is currently designing racing courses for horses hmm. in Palm Beach. I told you the story had a lot of ponies, I, man. Sure. Didn't really know that was like a job people would have, but I guess. Yeah, he actually seems like he is very in tune to designing racing courses and is very concerned with where bushes are set up because horses will see in shadows. So if they're running the same course, like I, he seemed very concerned about what the horses saw. I thought that was kind of nice for him. Yeah. 
And on the other hand... Is his business called Racing Courses for Racing Horses? (laughs) Because I think you really missed something if it's not. Anne, Princess Anne, Princess Royal, on the other hand, is blissfully happy on her country estate. She has four granddaughters. She rides on the daily with her kids and her granddaughters who are on the estate too. Now in COVID, they've all been... Oh, sure. Horses are my life, yo. Anne is consistently ranked the hardest working royal until last year when that Charles overtakes her by 14 engagements. He, for the first year ever, overtakes Anne, putting in 521 engagements to her 506. Jeez. Busy lady. Yeah. Does a ton of charity. Super involved. She's a Leo girl. She's committed to her duty and her horses, too. (laughs) Anne celebrated her 70th birthday last month in August. It's pretty low-key this year. But Anne has no plans of stopping anytime soon. Find most of the problematic parts about Anne are in regard to her stance on the younger generation of royals. So there are lots of juicy bits in Trashy Tidbits this week coming up and lots of threads that I've dropped in this one that we'll follow up on that weren't necessarily divorce related, which are still pretty trashy for Tidbits on Monday. Was Princess Anne... One of the people who was famously rolling their eyes when the Trump family visited. Was she part of all of the... She was caught in the quadrangle of international leaders laughing about him at uh, the palace reception. Yes. Anne's cheeky. Oh, yeah. There's also Anne behind her mom well, and, and in the, the background doing the, what do you want me to do, mom? <laughs> yeah, okay. Tell me what you want me to do. Now I know which one she is. That's Anne. <laughs> As divorces go, secret love letters investigated by the serious crime squad and a love child while married to Princess Royal. Right. This one ranks pretty high, but again, not as high as her brother's. Yeah. So as trash cans go, I'm just going to throw just some trash cans in in shades, right? There's bushes shading them so the horses can understand where the trash cans are to make a proper clean jump. Sure. I don't know how many that is. I guess it's going to depend on per course. (laughs) But legit, Anne's a fall down seven, stand up eight kind of gal. And I respect that. In every video I've ever seen of her, she gets back up on her horse. And what's funny is like, she'll get tossed. And there's this one course and people come racing in. They're not checking on her. They're checking on the horse. (laughs) Well, you know, horses are very valuable. (laughs) So it it was amazing. And Anne gets up. Pip, pip, shakes herself off, like, unless you're bleeding, or even if you are bleeding, you get back up on the horse and ride. So, I think Anne is a testament to us all. Fall down seven, stand up eight, get back on the horse and ride. Do the damn thing. All right. That's Princess Anne and Mark Phillips, pony boy. All right. That's, you're right, it's a whole generation of of royals that this podcast has now documented. <laughs> Well, and honestly, if we really wanted the interesting story, after the way that all the people raced out to check on the horse instead of the princess, I have a feeling that horse has a more documented and further back lineage than any of the royals that we can oh, go that's back funny. to. Dude, right? Maybe, yeah. Horses, y'all. Horses. <laughs> and horse people. All right. That's Princess Anne and Captain Mark Phillips. I am done okay. with the current... Children in the Windsor Mountbatten family. I think Edward and Sophie are hanging in great. I'm solid. I'm done with them. 
closing up that stall, mucking out that, breaking out that, yeah, that. <laughs> Let's take a break. Okay, back in a minute. Hey, Trash Pandas, when you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Stacey, you're bringing us this week the divorce of the music star and the model. Yes, the music star and the model. Yeah, we'll go with that. It's a trashy trope. We'll go with that. I Technically, this is from the How Could Something So Right Go So Wrong files, but... Tell me. Yes, yeah, so this is the... Sort of trashy split of singer Seal and model and Project Runway person Heidi Klum. Their marriage lasted about seven years, although the divorce took a couple years to finalize. Produced three kids, and Seal seems to have really relished taking on the role of dad to Heidi's daughter from an earlier relationship. So there are four kids that he's adopted her. Okay. So there are four kids. When it ended, we were treated to some kind of ticklish lines. From a guy better known for kissing roses or whatever. Um, (laughs) So before the trashy, let's get them together. First, Seal, who was born Henry Olusigan Adeola Samuel in London on February 19th, 1963. 
He's an Aquarius. That would be hard to learn how to spell in kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His childhood was absolutely rotten. His parents were apparently unready to be parents, so his mother placed him in foster care as a baby where he remained until he was four. And this seems to have been like a great placement for him. He had a bunch of foster siblings and he was very happy over in Essex. And then suddenly his mom pops back up and takes him back to ye old London town. Oh, no. So he was immediately cut off from foster parents and, again, the the four foster siblings. I will say that uh, one of the cooler couples goals things that I've ever heard of is that Heidi Klum tracked them down, tracked the foster family down. Really? Yeah, during the marriage and, like, arranged a reunion for Aww. Seal with... yeah. On Oprah in 07. Like, well, there, that's it was nice. very weepy. It was a very <laughs> weepy thing. It was very cool. Yeah. So, and like this family, they were really hurt. Like, they loved him. He was with them for several years. Like, he was just a little boy and they loved him. And then suddenly he was just gone. That's was, sad. Yeah. So he is back in London with his mom and dad, except they are strangers to him. And his dad was a real bastard. Oh. So, when Seal is six, his mother is deported back to uh, her native Nigeria. Like, the abandonment that this child has experienced here, and he would ultimately leave home at 15 to get away from his violent father. Yeah, no wonder. Then his father died when he when Seal was still a teenager. Oh, this is like the God. most Dickensian childhood story I've heard of it's lately. It's terrible. So Seal had a string of jobs, he studied architecture, and by his early 20s, he was singing in bars and writing music. In 1987, he toured Japan with a British funk band, and then spent some time in a blues band in Thailand. Awesome. (laughs) Traveled around India, and then came back to England, and recorded lyrics for DJ and producer Adamski's 1990 UK chart topper, Killer. That was really all it took. A record label snapped him up, and in 91, he released Seal the album, which launched the song Crazy into the top 10 in the U.S. and the U.K. The following year, he won in three categories at the Brit Awards for Best British Male, Best British Video for Killer, and Best British Album for Seal. The Fantastic. first, Yeah, like it's it, everything coming up roses, right? So then he was just a famous, if very private musician. He dated Tyra Banks for a minute in the 90s, and I think he just really built a reputation for being a low-key kind of guy. The Guardian has called him the reluctant pop star. But there would be some stories in the aftermath of his time with Heidi that call his even-tempered reputation into question. Oh my. Let's get to her. Heidi Klum, no middle name, is a decade younger than her future second husband, born June 1st, 1973, a Gemini. Outside of Cologne in then West Germany, toward the end of high school, a friend talked her into enrolling in a nationwide modeling contest, which I think just they snapped some pictures of her and sent them. I don't think it was any kind of involved process. April 29, 1992, she is announced as the winner. Uh And the prize was a $300,000 modeling contract. Holy cats. Yeah. um, Her dream had been to do fashion design, which obviously she... Like, Project Runway is sort of a a dream of hers (laughs) long term. Make it work. Mm -hmm. It was like, go to college and study fashion design or take the $300,000 contract. So as soon as she graduated from high school, she accepted the contract. 
Makes and sense. That was kind of it. Yeah. Within a few years, she was on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. She became the first German Victoria's Secret Angel. I did not know that was really? a thing. Yeah. And she has successfully parlayed modeling into acting and as a TV host on Project Runway and Germany's Next Top Model and as a judge on America's Got Talent. Heidi's first marriage was to a stylist in 1997, but that was over by O2. And the next year, she started seeing the Italian managing director of Renault's Formula One racing team. Oh. A dude who's 23 years older. My. December 03, she announces that she's pregnant, but then almost immediately breaks up with the guy because allegedly he cheated on her. Reportedly, he cheated on her. Anyway, they break up. Soon after, she's in New York City, staying at a hotel, sitting in the lobby with a friend. It's early 2004. And in walks... Seal, six foot four inches tall of fresh from a workout, Seal. Yeah. And her friend knows Seal, so introductions are made. And now we have two smitten kittens. And they were really smitten, too. They were super into it. Keep in mind, (laughs) Heidi is pregnant at this very moment, which is like just a super interesting situation to kick off a relationship in. right? But... Apparently, Seal's a great dude, and he was present for the birth of Heidi's daughter. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. In May of 04, in December, uh, Seal, who is an avid snowboarder, or was at the time, I I don't know what his current interests are, he had a giant igloo constructed in the Canadian Rockies. Okay. And then they flew out there in a helicopter, hop out of the helicopter, Seal's got his guitar, plays her a song, drops to one knee. Oh, my. Pops the question. If you're wondering, this igloo was like a full-size structure, and it had a bed, blankets, candles, roses inside. Well, I would hope so. Don't know why the igloo. Don't know. They married in front of 40 guests on May 10th, 2005 on a beach in Mexico. They would renew their vows on their anniversary every year. During the marriage, Seal said that this was just like a fun party that they had and they would take like an hour out and just take the kids someplace private and do vows. Sometimes it was a little different. O9s was uh, white trash themed and an Elvis impersonator conducted the ceremony for them. I love this couple. I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, After the divorce, Seal would kind of say that the publicity around the vow renewals were hard for him because he's very private. Being private is very important to him. Okay, so uh, it is also worth noting these two were elaborate celebrators of Halloween. Oh. And pictures of them over the years together are ridiculous and charming. In 2006, sealed on a long blonde wig and a brown dress covered in leaves, while uh, Heidi wore a giant apple costume with a humongous snake coiled around it, and, like, its head was on her head. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) She was criticized a little bit in 08 for, like, uh, an extremely A-plus costume of the Hindu goddess Kali, including six extra arms, a belt of severed hands, and being thoroughly blue. Oh. hmm Yeah, several Hindu leaders called that denigrating and kind of reasonably rejected the idea that their iconography should be used that way. Fair. I, yeah, fair. that's fair. Okay, so in 2009, Seal adopted... Aww. Heidi's first daughter. Okay. There were three other children, so four in total. Look Every... at him being a family man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recreating the family that he wasn't. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. Uh, everything seemed perfect, but 
of course, nothing is ever perfect. Yeah, so what happens? I love this couple. How did it go wrong? January 2012, after about seven years of marriage, they released a statement announcing the end of the marriage, citing that they had grown apart. Mm. And they both played it pretty cool for a while. In March of that year, uh, Heidi told Elle magazine, I don't want to talk positively or negatively about the ups and downs that we had. Every couple goes through things. Unfortunately, we're in the public, so the highs are out there. But I don't think it's necessary, especially for our children, to have the lows being printed in magazines and talked about. But time passed. And oh no, things changed. I don't know. So during their marriage, Seal spent a lot of time on the road. Obviously, this is part and parcel of his job. But apparently, Heidi began to feel like she was both a mom and a dad. And with four kids, that is a lot to be. A lot of work. Eight people, basically. So she would later say that his prolonged absences meant that, like, in terms of becoming a single mom, nothing really changed. Oh. Yeah, yeah. that's tough. Weirdly, also, one of Seal's ex-girlfriends came forward around this time to say that he had a vicious temper and that he's a total hothead. And some of Heidi's friends apparently whispered to TMZ or whatever that 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 was part of it. But I don't know. Uh, It's definitely at odds with his public persona. So who knows? A bigger issue may have been that Maybe um, Heidi found some solace with their personal bodyguard while Seal was away. Oops. In the fall of 2012, it was reported that Heidi had started dating the bodyguard. And, you know, at this point, they've been split up since January. But Seal was approached about it by a reporter. Oh, no. And he delivered this charmer of a line, quote, Whilst I didn't expect any better from him... I would have thought Heidi would have shown a little bit more class and at least waited until we separated first before deciding to fornicate with the help, as it were. I love a good whilst. (laughs) Fornicate with the help. Whoa. Okay, so maybe he does have a little bit of a temper. Um, He would later try to clean that up, saying that he did not mean to imply that she had cheated during the marriage. She insists that That didn't happen. Yeah, she never looked at another man while they were together. The divorce was finalized in 2014. The relationship with the bodyguard fizzled out, but Heidi Klum would find love again, marrying musician Tom Cowlitz in 2019. Seal has not remarried, and again, being famously very private, it's not really clear what his post-divorce love life has looked like. He's up to much of anything. He says that relationships, even with his kids, like relationships are the hardest thing that he deals with, which makes perfect sense given given the childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, Both of them have publicly spoken about putting their kids first and the challenges of co-parenting with an ex, as well as praising each other as parents. But there is a current legal fight happening around their kids. Oh, no. Yeah. So Heidi uh, became a U.S. citizen in 08. She's a dual U.S. and German citizen. She's supposed to shoot Germany's Next Top Model later this year and then, like, the first part of next year in Germany, of course. She has asked a court for permission to take the kids with her to Germany for the duration, which prompted a strong rebuttal from Seal, who is arguing that because of pandemic-related travel restrictions, they may not be able to return to California as planned, or that Heidi, who's a German celebrity too, might just move there with his kids. And those are valid fears. Yeah, he's also arguing that, like, they may 
be it increased risk of contracting COVID in Germany versus California, which strikes me as kind of an odd thing, but I don't know. That's um, an odd three-legged stool. Yeah. Yeah. For her part, Heidi is arguing that Steele doesn't really see the kids that much. So like, what would be different? He says that he does try to see them more. And in fact, he moved closer to her house so that he could see them more, but that she always makes things complicated. <laughs> and anyway, you know, this is eight years post-divorce. Right. And I'm a little surprised. Maybe quarantine is just getting to everybody at this point. I don't know. Because this, uh, this was happening in August. It's tough for regular people. Mm-hmm. It's got to be tougher with international customs and television con like yeah the world's a mess yeah so hopefully they have figured out some private resolution to that issue because i don't know i mean it's gotta suck like seal can't tour he probably is going stir crazy like he's been on the road for much of his adult life and hasn't for months yeah Meanwhile, the the latest from Heidi Klum happened just last weekend when a rando dude showed up at her house and started pounding on the door, what? yelling that Jesus had sent him. Oh, my God. She was home at the time, although apparently someone else, husband, assistant, bodyguard, I don't know, somebody else answered the door. Police were called. They determined that the guy was, in fact, having a mental health crisis and that he was not specifically like targeting Heidi Klum's home, which... Good. Just stumbled up on a random door. Just random door and like Malibu. I don't know. Okay. Not great. <laughs> not great. So I don't know. This is not the trashiest story ever, but the fornicating with the help comment definitely warrants some trash cans. So I'm going to give this one seven igloo shaped trash cans <laughs> on a high peak in the Canadian Rockies. And hope that they work out their custody thing uh, in a in a great way. <laughs> yeah, where did it go wrong? There's a lot. There's a lot there. Yeah, I think he just toured a lot. Like, I, I think she probably just ended up feeling like, you know, if I'm going to be single parenting a lot of children anyway, what do I need him for? That's not the most uncommon thing no. that happens. No. Stacy, well done. Thanks Thank for that. You made that work. <laughs> yeah. No more kisses from roses, I guess. No, I'll prick you. There are thorns and everything. I can't believe that wraps up season seven. Oh, yeah, it does. It does. Look at us. Look at us. Don't worry. We'll be back next week for season eight. Yeah, we're not even taking a week off this time. So, However, if you need more trash candy in the meantime, just want to remind you all we're spinning a whole trash candy universe over on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash trashy divorces. There are almost 400 episodes that live over there. And it increases every week. I mean, we add store. Well, we're, we're about spending to, five things a week. Yeah, we are about yeah. to explain. So we just expanded our levels and reintroduced our $2 tier. And so for $2 a month, uh, you can get early ad free episodes of the podcast, as well as trashy tidbits every Monday. Five bucks. It's going to get you access to all of the previous limited series, Fun with Dunn, Trashy Tutors, Ocean's Eleven, Side Pieces, as well as the current monthly series that are happening, along with our Trashtrology episodes. This is your Tuesday drop every week. At the $10 level, you get some sweet stickers, uh, as well as access to Wednesday episodes and everything at the lower tiers. Too. Like, oh, yeah. All of these. Yeah. 
they they accrue, they accrete, <laughs> they congeal. Our trash canning connoisseurs at the $25 level, they get episodes on Thursday as well. These are deeper dives, uh, Church of the Flaming Dumpster Fire, Trashy Family Values, My Sister Series, Dirty Digs. Also a nifty exclusive tote and an invite to come every month to our live from the living room hangout sessions. That's going to be happening next Sunday. It is, yeah. The 27th for September. I'm excited about that. It's our favorite Zoom call of the month. It is our favorite (laughs) Zoom call of the month. Uh, And we are introducing a new tier. Would you like to explain what happens at the $50 level? So 50 bucks will give you the opportunity to pick your own divorce for the Sunday episode, as well as which one of us gets to cover it, me or you. Maybe a few other benefits to coming to that level as well. Also, every level, 2, 5, 10, 25, 50, all get shout outs in the Magic Mirror. Sure. Every Sunday as well. Yep. If you need more Trash Candy, come join us over there. Thanks for tuning in for yet another week. Get back up on the horse, y'all. Fall down seven, stand up eight. You're doing great. Have a great week. Can't wait to catch you back for season eight next week. And until then, please wash your hands. Oh. Lots and lots of hand washing. And and keep that heart just as trashy as you can. That's sound advice, Stacey. Sound advice. <laughs> or just keep your heart in a trash can. I we we don't. We're not gonna judge. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Make it a great week. And we'll see you Sunday. See you next Sunday. Keep it trashy, friends. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all. <laughs>